0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom
5: user, compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week.
1: Individual results may vary. Do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime? Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question.
4: Th- it, will you continue to prosecute un- unlawful
1: border crossings? Well, uh, this is again a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will, uh, uh, the, uh, the department uh, will. Uh...
0: And black student borrowers, Rev, 85% of us have no choice but to take out loans, and then we are five times more likely to default on those loans than our white counterparts. Well, you have said that you've defaulted yourself. By this time in their
3: presidencies, both Donald, President Trump, and President Obama had held solo press conferences. Who mm-hmm. so are their plans for president? Biden to hold a solo press conference anytime soon? He will hold a solo press conference, but I don't have a date for you at this point. This week? Not this
4: week, no. Not this week. Yeah, count that out. Mostly, um, we'll be um, calling a lid this week, early in the day, and that's just how life is. And you'll like it, and you'll not make an issue of it. Um, it's very funny. There is uh, some writer for the New York Times said tweeted it feels like for the first time we had a weekend in washington dc last week this weekend Mm -hmm. like a real weekend for the first time you know because normalcy's back with biden being back and it's just so freaking funny yes we're having a weekend because you're not doing forensic investigations into whether sarah huckabee actually baked a pie that she (laughs) tweeted about we're having a weekend because you're not chasing Sean Spicer all over the place, and uh, you know, and having April Ryan drop a dime on Omarosa uh, every four seconds. We're having a weekend because you're standing down. Press, my God, isn't it interesting how serene everything is? Well, yes, it is interesting because you're not spending the time. The people who are working on the the, uh, the Keystone XL pipeline who are now screwed in uh, whose livelihoods have been torpedoed and you're not telling those stories and creating an environment where there would be a, a an incessant chatter in mm-hmm. an energy um, in Washington D.C. that would bring concern because you're standing down. So yes, you're right. You're you you're going to have weekends because you're not working anymore. Yeah. you're not creating the environment that you were. What is it? it wasn't recording. F- I
5: can send you the audio. You I know. F-
4: hate that though. God damn it! It's okay. You, you you can still send me the audio. I'm keeping all this in. <laughs> what a <laughs> day today has been. God damn it! You know there are just a few things. What? My, my our two year old is he three or two?
5: He's two. He's. A I monster. do not
4: like him anymore, Alice. <laughs> he is my number one. I think on, on think Most wanted. Yes, it is mutual. <laughs> most wanted. I want him on every post office.
5: Remember when he brought back your hat?
4: Uh, yeah. yeah. That was long. It <laughs> was centuries ago. Today, he halfway destroyed my favorite houseplant. A houseplant that has been cultivated for years and years by real professionals that I managed to get from my from the Herald because they didn't have room for it. It's gorgeous thing. It made me happy. A little place, little thing made me a little bit happy and that had to go away.
5: Yeah, he did tear a big chunk it, off the house plant. Yes. yes. And
4: it was, or you would not understand. This is a tall house. This is like eight feet tall, this thing. It is beautiful, but mm-hmm. a lot less beautiful now because a person in my life has decided to be destructive as hell. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he likes to do, since we, we try to hook all the doors closed in many of the in many of the rooms so that he can't go into the rooms and destroy everything in there. Mm -hmm. So since we've got hooks on all the doors up high so he can't reach them, he'll grab implements now to open them because he he needs to go into all the rooms and destroy everything. So he's found the Swiffer and he used that, he uses that, things like that Mm -hmm. now, to get into one of the, Alice's office essentially. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: So he used that to get into the, uh, the office to, you know, unhook the hook because he his little arms can't reach it. There he goes. He gets inside there and then it's, since he's got the Swiffer now, he just beat the crap out of this beautiful ceiling lamp that hangs out of the ceiling now and destroyed it. it had all these little fake petals and destroyed them all. I saw him carrying little plastic things today. And I thought, I wonder if that's something that's dear to my heart or <laughs> gave this house some character that he's absolutely destroyed. And of course it is. God. Jesus. <laughs> At least I have my health, which I actually don't have. I, apart from the fat stuff, mm-hmm. my knee is made it so I cannot walk anymore. I can walk, well, I can't we take our walks workouts, anymore. have family workouts,
5: but you didn't feel up to doing that tonight.
4: Yes, because I was recovering from the trauma of a certain. Well, I had a
5: great day today.
4: Yes, I know you have. Everybody else has had a great day today. <laughs> the plant killer had a great day. The uh, you know the 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 light destroyer had a. A marvelous day. One for the record books. Who knows right now what's happening right now? We'll go and survey that damage a little bit later. Right now, the damage is he's on right now. Uh, and that's why I just wanted to have my audio running. <laughs> that's it. I want to be recording mm-hmm. so that I can do my thing here and have, right, and instead of wait for you to render the audio, <laughs> then send it to me, then a splice audio.
5: I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. <sighs>
4: Jesus. All right. Where was I? Um, okay. Yes. Yes. So the weekends are back for the press. And <laughs> and uh, because they have stopped acting like my three-year-old, as a matter of fact, and stopped destroying everything and lighting these fires and, and reporting extremely slanted, if not uh, incredible. Um, Incredibly means without credit, right? Not credible. Yes.
5: Um
4: non credible? Incredible?
5: Yeah, I mean Un-credible? it would be, be non credible, I
4: think. Really? Let's look okay. up let's look that up.
5: I mean incredible usually means incredible. I
4: know. Usually it's good. Let's see what incredible means. Okay. Oh, by the way, I learned something today before the okay. world exploded. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what I learned in just a moment. After okay. I make a salient point before well, if if anybody is Still has Sally low self-esteem to enough to be still listening.
2: Sally. Incredible.
4: <laughs> no, I don't need to hear about the Incredibles. Uh, Google, thank you. Sir,
5: Sally found out today um, about the predicate of a sentence and was underlying the predicate of various sentences.
4: Incredible. Turned to Incredibles because I assume little hands have been on this computer. <laughs>
5: so,
4: okay. Uh, difficult to believe extraordinary. The noise. No, wait. No, that. okay, you're right uncredible okay so the media has no credit anyway in other words the arsonists have stopped lighting fires they're, and they're not just, credible mm-hmm. and they're just uh, in awe at how they the fire-free landscape is so tranquil so um but um but there was a little interesting thing today that one of the people to her credit in the press corps noticed that i thought was notable mm-hmm. i don't know who this reporter is but uh she asked. She made it she made a very good observation, and um, you're going to hear it right now.
3: Um, I, this morning, I saw there was no marine out front in the front door during the 9:45 the briefing, and I asked lower press. Lower press says we don't have to have a marine out front when the president is in the Oval Office, and I've been getting emails and questions ever since I filed that pool report.
4: When you hear lower press, think like the guy six um, ranks under T.J. Deklo. So this is probably some 23-year-old newly minted know-nothing. Mm-hmm.
3: Is, if, there a, if there was no Marine out front, does that mean that the president is not in the Oval Office? The president was in the Oval Office this morning, uh, working, receiving the PDB, and all the things that you're aware of from the schedule. Um, there hasn't been a change of policy. So if, the, if there's no Marine there, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, again, I, I mean, I could certainly talk to them about the specific circumstances of this morning, but I can report to you that the president was in the Oval Office and the policy that's long been
4: in place uh, continues to be in place. Long been in pl- continues to be in place. I don't know that that's
2: true.
5: So the policy is that there's a Marine when the president is in there. And the president was in there, but there was no Marine. So is that the takeaway?
4: W- well, that's what Saki's saying, the president was in there.
5: She says the president was in there, and she says the policy that to have a Marine out there when he's in there, that that's still the policy.
4: Yes. Yeah, so either a Marine was missing or a <laughs> an aged gentleman was missing.
5: I mean, so did he deserve his post? I mean, like, if we, I mean, that well, seems like a ch- serious problem. And
4: then, then Saki has no credibility either because she doesn't know. So she says, oh, no, the longstanding policy remains. Well, no. I am um, there's a doting 2012 USA Today article about. The Marine sentry who worked for Obama. Because everything about the Obama administration was really cool. Mm -hmm. Who I believe Joe Biden was part of that, I think. If you're ever at the White House and want to know if President Obama is at work, there's an easy way to tell. If a Marine sentry is at the door of the West Wing, the president is inside. In fact, the White House has, uh, has produced a video on the sentries who stand post, rain or shine, hot or cold. Besides opening the door for visitors, the Marines uh, are admonished to, quote, stay still with, quote, no twitching. They succeed admirably.
5: (laughs) So they're like the Buckingham Palace guards, basically.
4: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So isn't that interesting? Where was the Marine? That along with the idea that that Joe Biden will not be speaking to us directly uh, any time soon. By
3: this time in their presidencies, both Donald President Trump and President Obama had held solo press conferences. Mm-hmm. So are there plans for President Biden to hold a solo press conference anytime soon? He will hold a solo press conference, but I don't have a date for you at this point in time. This week? Not this week, no. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: The What'd you say? Will he get to pick the inquisitors himself? Well,
3: well typically, any president has a list of people that they're going to call upon, but usually it's a large number of people who are in the press room, and we certainly hope we'll be able to do that in a COVID safe way. Go ahead.
4: COVID safe way. Mm-hmm. I love the message.
5: We're not going to have many reporters in there.
4: Right. Well, first of all, there's not going to be a there. <laughs> and second of all, if there was a there, there will be a list and it will be short right i don't know if inquisitor's guy is going to be on it or not we'll see but um
5: peter doocy will not i assume
4: he probably will be on it um but at the cost of some other people who probably should be on it all right so uh i just throwing it out there there's been some early lids recently and mm-hmm. the stuff we, there was uh biden did speak a couple days ago it didn't sound great i mean he there's no he has good days and bad days. I think we yeah. all know this, and we're going to know this a little I bit mean, more. I mean, he was
5: okay at the CNN town hall that he did. He wasn't. He was speaking slowly, but he wasn't like mm-hmm. really losing words and stuff.
4: Right. Yeah. No. He was. He was pretty good. The other day, he had another. Uh, he was defending the stimulus, the Biden Save America Act, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and he was a little bit shaky in that one. But uh, but, ooh, who knows. So before I get to what we learned today, the the only thing to making this a net positive day whatsoever is um, something that I want to get into, and in, in, in Fauci spoke again today, Alice grabbed the links to the audio, and I, I can't listen to Fauci again today, I've mm-hmm. heard him too much, I can't listen to that, that Brooklyn accent um you yeah, know, speak I- in circles and i can't i can't do it but we'll get to the quotes mm-hmm. but listen to this this is jen saki speaking today as well about the pandemic the reporter makes a good point that you know things seem to be trending in a positive way but there seems to be is still a dark cloud in messaging about the from coming from the white house does
2: the administration think that we're either
4: at or close to a sort of turning point as it comes to the pandemic?
3: Well, I certainly understand the question, and it's one that I'm sure all of your friends and neighbors are asking you as well. Um, But I I know that there'll be a briefing later this afternoon with our health experts as we do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, You know, I would say though that 500,000, a a milestone of 500,000 deaths is certainly not something we're celebrating, and it's hardly something, it's something to commemorate and to take a moment to remember all of the families that have been impacted across the country. Uh, we feel there has been some progress made. Uh, we're leading the world to the number of vaccine vaccinations administered and second only to Israel in the share of population fully vaccinated. We're, of course, implementing new masking. Rec-
4: so she's working off of notes right now, like mm-hmm. many press secretaries do. Yep. It's valid. But it also means that there is tight messaging around this question
3: to make sure people stay safe. But as someone alluded to, or in an earlier question, we need to remain vigilant, both from the federal government, uh, the American people need to, um, you know, and uh, it's still going to be months and months uh, of of sacrifice, uh, of work, of of suffering, unfortunately, in order to get through the pandemic.
4: Months and months of sacrifice and suffering.
5: Yeah, and... I mean, we heard that a week or two ago. I forget exactly when it was that Biden said, you know, oh, we just have to wear masks for the next year or so. And we went, excuse me, <laughs> it's not but I'm wh- not going to be wearing a mask. Uh, this months time next and months
4: of sacrifice and suffering. Mm-hmm. She also took a question that was about positive data mm-hmm. and developments and steered it into 500,000 dead, a place it didn't need to go. Mm-hmm. Why is these, this administration painting as dour a picture as possible? Do you think, right now, at a time when there is legitimately good news? Mm. Like, what did you have? What Fauci said there?
5: Yeah. He said that hopefully by the time we start entering 2022, we will really have a degree of normality that will approximate the kind of normality- 2022,
4: I believe, mm-hmm. is not this year. That's next year.
5: That's correct. Okay. And it will be a degree of normality that will approximate the kind of normality
4: we've been used to. Right. <laughs> a degree, which in the the commentary magazine, people were talking about this. A degree, which is a small unit of measure, I believe, <laughs> believe right? Right. Of what? normality. A degree. So we'll still stand upright.
5: <laughs> and it will approximate the kind of normality yeah. we've been used
4: to. Roughly resemble <laughs> a rough um, representation of what life was like beforehand.
5: Well, right. And I just... It, but
4: right now, yep. prepare to suffer mm-hmm. and sacrifice. Be vigilant. Right. half a million dead. That's what, that's the play-by-play we're getting on this.
5: So why do you think this is the messaging?
4: I think this is the messaging because, because I think that they know that this is the only, the coronavirus is the only issue out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, the, only the only issue out there, and it's the issue that, that elected Joe Biden to be president. And that you they need to have space between... First of all, they need to, and they've been doing it. Mm-hmm. They've been nullifying any successes the Trump administration had by saying, we got here and we had to start from scratch. And even Fauci now is saying that the guy named Fauci beforehand was an idiot. So they're all starting from... We had to start from scratch. So reset, boom, it started at zero on January 20th. Mm-hmm. And this administration, put out of your mind any positive results, this administration is got their head down and we're working and we're being mm-hmm. vigilant and we're still sacrificing. And even though the peak of pain has passed, mm-hmm. they want you to erase that from your mind. Etch a sketch, shake that up, because we're starting anew. This whole pandemic, the hard part of this journey is just really beginning right now and we're going to commemorate all the 500,000 dead mm-hmm. and we hit that today as if the 500,000 just died today the the uh the event the the um the black swan event has just hit we've got hard work to do this journey's just beginning mm-hmm. fauci's on board it's just beginning keep your mask. please be vigilant we can save 50,000 lives a day or whatever it is for the masks etc and then maybe Maybe we'll get out of this thing, so that what you'll have is in the summer or whenever well, they they declare it, you know, uh, VC Day, Victory over Coronavirus Day. Mm-hmm. It was all a unilateral Joe Biden incredible um, saving of a nation, right, from soup to nuts.
5: I mean, I think also they recognize that this is like the only tool they have to get other things done that they want to do. Like the teachers unions realize that the pandemic is a gift to them politically, that they can now hang over the heads of parents the idea that schools won't open again unless they spend X, Y and Z extra money. You know, I think that people who have wanted a universal basic income for a long time really see the. Um, the relief checks is like a doorway into that. And the longer you have it going on, the longer you keep people out of their jobs. I mean, there have been people saying ever since the December thing happened and Trump was saying it should be $2,000, there were people saying, yeah, not only should it be $2,000, it should be $2,000 a month and it should be retroactive to the beginning and it should be everybody and it should just be all the time. And then, you know, you're never going to phase that out. Once you start giving people $2,000 a month, there's not going to be an end date on that. That's not going to be a thing that's ever going to end. They're using it to get minimum wage done. They're going to try and use it now to get the student loan stuff done. This is this is a tool that they have. The longer they can say that we're in an emergency situation, they can they can continue to use it to get completely unrelated things. Uh, done that they've always wanted to do so they're using it as a policy tool to continue forward with unrelated stuff and I mean i've always been i've never been one of these people who thinks that the pandemic is a hoax. I've always been somewhat of an alarmist on the actual pandemic itself um but I am hopeful at this point with the with the success of the vaccine where it's been used and the the way it's been rolled out and and the way that we're coming down on the second wave now I think that that this is really something that we should feel positive about and um And you're right. I think that the consistent, dour, dark messaging is really um, it's it's really divorced from the reality that's on the ground, you know, and 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 I think that um, that that's going to be something that we're going to continue to see. There are going to be people who are going to continue to behave as though we're in an emergency situation when we're not, you know, and and it's. It's frustrating this um, this continued moving of the goalposts away from where we are. And it's frustrating, you know, not just for, you know, us as adults, but it's frustrating for even like our kids. For the record, our 10 year old last night at bedtime was crying and saying, I hate that they keep changing it. It was supposed to be two weeks. We were going to be out of school for two weeks and that was fun. It was like a vacation. That was cool. It was exciting. And like, now look where we are. And all I want is to just go see my friends again and be normal and this and that. And how come, how come they keep changing it? When is it going to be normal again? And I, for one, am the first person to tell her, I don't know when it will be normal again. Not because things aren't getting better with the disease, but because I don't trust the people running it to actually, you know, do things in a way that reflects the reality of how well things are going with the disease. So, I mean, and I'll tell it to you straight, if things go up again and things get really bad, I'm going to be honest with you and not continue to paint some rosy picture for my own political... Ends, But I just I think things look really good right now and really optimistic. Uh, that being said, I I don't I'm not optimistic that schools will reopen normally next year. I'm not optimistic. Um, there San was,
4: Francisco, there's a great story out, Alice, that mm-hmm. you flagged saying that um, full reopening of the schools in the fall is, quote, highly unlikely.
5: Yeah. The principal sent that out to parents. Just so you know, next year, we're def- it's extremely unlikely that we're going to be reopening again. Yep. No. And, uh, and you know, the teachers unions have pushed now to say that they don't, in some places, that they don't want to go back until kids are vaccinated. And Fauci said kids, the uh, you know, high school students will probably be vaccinated in the fall, but younger kids probably not until next year. So that's, I mean, goodbye to another school year. Sorry if you were hoping the schools were going to open. I mean, this is – and for the Biden administration to continue saying that it's so important that we reopen the school – when they're allowing this to go on is really unbelievable because it this is this is a problem. And it's not a problem for the privileged people who are going to just turn around and send their kids to private schools or pay for tutors or whatever. It's a problem for the people who were already suffering in underperforming schools. Mm-hmm. That's that's who it's a problem for. And now they're going to have missed, you know, essentially two years of school. And that same letter that that guy sent. Um, it says Distant learning, distance learning horror stories I know we have all seen articles about how much students parents and teachers are struggling with distance learning I cannot emphasize enough the importance of young people having real engagement we are offering as many online activities as we can we are trying to be creative in class as much as we can Still, we are experiencing larger numbers of students with cameras off or having stepped away from their computers. At this time, Mm. building a thriving online community is all we have to combat sadness, loneliness, (laughs) and apathy. Please urge your student to engage with the cameras whenever they can.
4: Oh, my God. (laughs) Imagine that. And by the way,
5: this isn't going back to normal next year either. Like, can you imagine the messaging? I would be fleeing that school district as though it were a burning building. Really, I... Like, it's it's so toxic. Like, make sure your child is engaged with the cameras. It's very hard for us to build a thriving online community, you know. And, like, there are activities that my kids refused to do because they were just being held over Zoom this year. Because when it started, the Zoom thing was kind of novel and fun and they wanted to try it. And then, you know, after a few months of Zoom activities, they were over it. They did not want to go to another Zoom meeting. And, you know, my daughter wanted to be in Girl Scouts, but our Girl Scout troop opted to do everything solely over Zoom. And she said, I'm not doing it if it's over Zoom. You know, fortunately, like our Cub Scouts have done stuff that's that's in person. If it's like outside, we did our rocket launch outside. They had a sledding day outside. We did hiking. But the Girl Scouts have said, no, they're not doing anything. So I I mean, it's it's not, obviously. What kid wants to sit in front of a screen all day and see their friends in little squares?
4: Well, like I said, we go on these calls with health experts and the people who run hospitals. And for this one hospital, the ICU and the COVID cases are not surprisingly have, um, have plummeted. But what continues to happen, what continues to happen are the schools of self-harm and unfortunately... Um, you know, emotional uh, emergencies, we'll say, are happening at these hospitals of young people, six and up, they're saying. You're blocking my light. Six years and up, which is incredible to hear. Can you imagine, just imagine having having a kid that little and knowing that that's happening, The that self-harm stuff is happening, and and knowing, we know, all these people know, the Fauci's, et cetera, I mean, they've, they've shut up about it now because the teachers' unions run the damn government. But the Fauci, et cetera, told people, told people, we know this. I mean, every town knows those, you're hearing more and more tragic stories. And I'm, our kids are in the room right now, so I'm not going to mention the stories in particular. But you're hearing more and more tragic stories of, unfortunately, young people um, no longer being with us, we'll say, for lack of a better term. And it's, um, it's horrible and disgusting. And there's going to have to be a reckoning with that at some point as well. There's going to have to be a reckoning with that. You know, I mean, there is we will hear more of the stories after after the the vaccines have I mean, we're not going to get herd immunity, but after the vaccines have washed away this um, this the deadliness of this pandemic, we'll hear more of the individual stories. There'll be entire books written. I mean, you're you already you already hear and see a lot of them. You and more and more, as a matter of fact, you have pe- youngish people dying. People we will say forty and under, and you know, in the and you wonder, you see the obituary, and you wonder, like, what happened to that person? What happened to that person? Because there's no cause of death in a lot of these things. It just seems to be a. It just seems to be. Um, That we're losing a bunch of of, uh, folks. Remember, and also, just on a, let's say you can get away from the, Mm -hmm. um, get away from, you know, the the, the tragedy of losing young people. But when you're a little kid, if you're a five-year-old, a year is a hell of a long time.
5: Oh, my gosh. I mean, to our five-year-old, 15 minutes is a hell of a long time. He can't. He's already been complaining that this winter is the longest winter he's ever heard of, and the snow has lasted forever, and he's never seen such a long winter. And this isn't like other winters he remembers because it's so long, you know. So, so when you talk about a year in the life of a kid that age, it's you know it's forever. I mean, and if you think about our two-year-old, this is, um, you know, for him, he's almost three. We've been in pandemic mode for a year, so that's a third of his entire life. Has been like
4: this. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, well, like, although, uh, yeah, yeah, although he, well,
5: but like he's I mean, found he
4: ways to amuse himself, as we talked sure, about earlier. Sure, sure.
5: But he has his, but I mean, maybe that's a factor in why.
4: Maybe it the is. The fact
5: that he sees his speech person over Zoom, the fact that he doesn't, Um. you know, th- there's so many fewer places for him to be social and interact and see people and learn how to be normal. Yeah, I can mean, you like, imagine
4: how m- much less playground time he's had than the other kids had right. at their age.
5: Yeah, because our town had to shut the playgrounds. And they, He's missed
4: like seven yeah. months of, and this is only a couple mm-hmm. year old, of playground yeah, time. it's a third of his to life. To see other little kids like, and interact with them and hand each other toys, right. etc. Yeah. It's yeah. really crazy. It is It is sinister, is what it is. And then on the other hand, to be using this to push as many proge- progressive projects forward is uh, also sinister. This mm-hmm. is not... it. This administration ain't an improvement. I'm sorry, you're not getting the nasty tweets and some of the zaniness of in the, inside the White House, but we're getting something that's far more damaging. This is a no bueno. Uh, one of the things, of course, that has made its way to the front burner is student loan forgiveness. And Ianna Presley spoke with Al Sharpton, somebody who should not really be accepted in polite society for his previous sins. Ianna Presley spoke with Isle Sharpton on why this is necessary. $50,000 is absolutely necessary now.
0: So he absolutely has the authority by way of executive action to cancel $50,000 worth of debt. And who stands to benefit from that? Um, 80% of the lowest income households stand to benefit from that. 40% of households who have student loan debt but never even earned a degree. Uh, Those who have been preyed upon.
2: Uh,
4: those who are doing really well in middle-class towns and don't need it. And by the way, if you've gotten student loan debt, I believe you've gotten studenting that has happened. Right, I believe you paid you've,
5: for a service.
4: Right, and you've gotten your service. <coughs> and if you've got a problem with the service, take it up with the service. If you've got a problem with Acme College of uh, Total mm-hmm. Mediocrity... That overcharged you and you went to and took the loan from it, and so that you could feel t- like you were with the in crowd. If you got a problem with them because they screwed you and ripped you off and gave you a useless degree,
5: or no degree, as she's saying, <clears throat> then take
4: it up with them. It's not the t- taking it from the taxpayer to redistribute money for a service that you got that some people didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in proximity maybe didn't get a college degree. Didn't spend four years. Right. And then do those people, do those people get, do, does Tom Shadow get a check? Mm-hmm. If you skip college, do you get a check? This is craziness. Yeah. Craziness. <coughs> or, talking about,
5: Or if you uh, paid off your student loans in lieu of other things, you know, we put money when we bought this house and we sold the other house. We paid off student loans rather than putting extra money into the down payment of this house because the student loans were higher interest and- Um, And they're also not dischargeable in bankruptcy. They're like, you know, kind of annoying loans to have. So we paid off student loans rather than putting that money um, into the down payment of our house. Which we could have chosen not to do if Biden was just going to hand us $50,000, you know, like we, right. we could have made a different decision there. But we but we made that decision on the basis of the idea that we in this case, I borrowed money and, you know, and made a decision about what to pay back based on the interest rates and stuff that were there at the time.
4: Not one cent of student loans should be forgiven by the government. Not one cent. If they want to find a way to go shake down those colleges absolutely feel free harvard's got a huge endowment see if they'll spend some spend spread some money around but mm-hmm. this is this is this is war and i mean uh culturally if you redistribute redistribute wealth like this mm-hmm. and punish the people who did the right thing right in order to give the people who did the wrong thing a f- huge free check mm-hmm. you know these if you spent money to go to Boston University, like right. AOC did and the other people did, and you got a good degree from Boston University there, and you're making lots of money, you know what you're saying to Tom and Alice, if you're that student? Sayonara, sucker, and you're going off to make a lot of money and enjoy a great, great life. Mm-hmm. You know, but because some kids picked a loser major, now they're hat in hand saying, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. I need that money back. It didn't work out for me because I decided to have fun in college and take a you know, critical race theory instead of something that means anything, and so I have no skills. So now I need you, mm-hmm. dear neighbor, to help me. Now, had they gotten into finance and busted their asses for 80 hours a week, they would be giving me the finger, driving in Range Rovers, living in Wellesley, Massachusetts right now.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, but I think what you're saying gets at the heart of this debate about what like, what is equality versus equity mean. To the people on the left, because they'll say, like, oh, well, giving everybody $2,000 a month, that's equality, but it's not equity because, like, really the people who need more should get more. So, like, the argument that I hear from people when I say this, when I'm like, well, I paid off my student loans, I could have put that money toward my mortgage. Do I get money for that? Because I had student loans and I paid them back. Why don't I get money then? And they go, well, yeah, but you were able to pay back your student loans. So you don't need the help We're only going to give it to people Who need the help now So we're going to take this moment now As though nothing ever happened before And nothing's ever going to happen after this And decides who ne- decide who needs more help At this moment in time As though there were no decisions that led up to that moment That ended up causing that situation And as though there's not going to be any Change in anybody's situation going forward And what's going to happen next week And how much money they're going to make then You know, there's no... um. For all she's saying that, you know, lots of low income people do have student loans, but that's not the majority. I mean, like a third of student debt is held by uh you know, upper quartile families, people who are in the top percentages of income. And not only that, but a hugely hugely disproportionate amount of student debt is held by people who uh, used it for graduate studies. So, You know, because there's a lot more like grants and other stuff for undergrad and there's state schools and these other things where a lot of people don't end up with as crazy student loan burdens for just undergrad. When you really see people with crazy amounts of student debt, it's almost always because um, it's graduate school student debt. So um, these are and, and those, you know, it's a lot harder to have some symb- sympathy when somebody goes and gets a master's in philosophy and has mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount of student debt. It really is, you know, and the, the a lot of people who, um, you know, who take out these loans have professional degrees that allow them to make huge amounts of money. Like, doctors have a lot of student debt. Lawyers have a lot of student debt. You know, I happen to have a lawyer in my family who has a lot of student debt, but she also has the potential to make $175,000 her first year out of law school. You know, that's... that's the difference so so to say like oh we're just going to forgive fifty thousand dollars of student debt for everybody that has it well you're going to give it to somebody some some lawyer who's making one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars come on that's crazy
0: by uh, the deceptive business practices and predatory lending
4: how much are we going to continue this horse who did
5: the predatory lending by the way who did the deceptive business practices in the uh, predatory lending who underwrote those loans ayana because my records show it was the federal government in most cases yeah so maybe we should stop being predatory lenders then maybe we should get out here's a crazy idea maybe to stop student debt we should stop loaning people money they can't pay back
4: right or that's all debt as a matter of <laughs> fact but i'd certainly agree. no but i mean well you're right because us, people are yeah. we're
5: choosing to loan the people the money that they can't pay back and then we're going well we have to forgive it it was predatory lenders right you know, it's us predatory lenders is us that's what we're talking about here. That's crazy. Why are we funding all this student debt? Why are we creating it in the first place? It's and so also, stupid.
4: this is, uh, a lot of student debt is because precious American kids need to go immediately from high school, mm-hmm. immediately into the college of their choice. Immediately. They need to, or else they'll feel left out. Right. There's this, you could also take a year off and make some money, and imagine this, you could pay as you go with some of these oh, places. Oh, wow, no.
5: Heaven forbid.
4: It's There are. Plenty of ways. No, we need to do it right now. No, you don't. You can do it. Go get a job in some real world experience. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, before you get brainwashed by your moronic freaking progressive teacher, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, professor, you know, learn a little bit about the world. Also, there we have a United States military. Ooh, you you know, which is always looking for people. Mm -hmm. It's like this is BS. This is not an emergency. I do think that. If you, if you want to talk about marginalized communities, I do think there should be, you can look at incentives for, um, for, and these are incentives for um, um, vocational schools,
2: mm-hmm.
4: because schools that provide training and certifications that we know are useful and will create a return on that investment immediately. Mm-hmm.
2: You
4: know, if you, Texas is looking for about 800,000 plumbers right now, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah um if any of those those skills i could see having a different conversation Mm
5: -hmm. yeah one of my friends in melrose was a plumber and he used to say like you know they can uh, automate a lot of things (laughs) a lot of jobs can be replaced by robots but at the end of the day and tom's going to be disgusted i'm going to say this but this is what he used to say he was like i can't imagine they're going to invent another way to get your piece of crap from your toilet to somewhere else without a pipe going to it. And somebody has to put that pipe in there. So, you know, it, it is crude. I'm sorry. But, um, but it's, it's also true that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of jobs out there that pay a lot of money. I mean, like the people that, you know, that went to high school with you who grew up to be plumbers were laughing all the way to the bank and they're the ones who can still afford to live in that town pretty much. Right. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Because other people all had to leave. It's crazy. It's, um, You know, trade school is huge. And, I mean, essentially, like, we could turn into having, like, trade school for, you know, other professions, like, the way Europe does, basically. Like, if you want engineers, then you send people who have the potential to be really good engineers and have really great grades and test scores to college for free, and you give subsidize that in itself. You know, that's what Europe does. But Europe has free college, but it's not free college for everybody. That's not a right. thing in Europe. It's free college. They decide when you're like 14 where you're going
0: and that's that. That's the end of it. A for-profit colleges and universities and black student borrowers, Rev, 85% of us have no choice but to take out loans and then we are five times more likely to default on those loans than our white counterparts. Well, you have said that you've defaulted yourself. I mean, you've used yourself as an
4: example in a very open and I think uh, courageous way.
0: Well, you know, I'm no anomaly. You know, again, eighty five percent of black students had no choice but to borrow because of policies like That's not true. <clears throat>
5: uh yeah.
4: They it's- they also could have taken a year off and worked.
5: hmm Or gone in the military. Right. Or I mean it seems so like I'm like not a high suggesting
4: number. that the things aren't tougher in marginalized communities, um because I'm they are oh or, yeah well actually or, and the lack of or, generational I mean, it's class, wealth it's a classic yeah, yes absolutely yeah. but there is ayanna presley didn't it defaulted on her loan probably because she did it wrong and probably didn't get good guidance and maybe that's part of the problem as well mm-hmm. and maybe while we're figuring this all out maybe we shouldn't eschew the nuclear family so much which is another big problem
5: yeah the nuclear family and a ridiculous cadre of guidance counselors who tell all kids they should all go to the best college they possibly can and figure out how to pay for it later and just sign the papers that the adults are putting in front of you. You know, it's it's really like an embarrassment that we keep doing this to young people, assuring them that this is the way to have a nice life, because it's it's not for a lot of people. And I think that people sometimes confuse the trappings of a middle class life with how they got to the middle-class life. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I think that college is one of these things where people think like, well, I went to college and I'm middle-class. So if the poor minority students want to be middle-class like me, they should go to college like me. And, uh, and then they'll be middle-class like me. And I think that that has been, re- and, and I think we know now, because like what I, Anna Presley saying, I think that this philosophy has been really counterproductive, you know, that, that that's not why these people end up in the middle class they're ending up in the middle class because they were already in the middle class and they have family connections and this other stuff or because they scrapped and you know made it forward in ways that have nothing to do with whether or not they went to college there are very few careers left in the United States um that i mean i don't know about very few that's probably an exaggeration but there are, it's it's very specific careers anyway that really require you to go to college and get a regular four year degree it's very specific things so if you're going to make the argument that everybody needs this liberal arts degree to teach you how to think that that's like that's not something mm-hmm. that we need to be burdening people with student debt to get because that's a very different argument but if you're selling children on the idea that this is a ticket to middle class life, then, uh, then, you know, then that's when you end up with a situation like this. If you just told the 18 year old, you know, not not this is how you're going to have a stable, normal middle class life. If you told them instead, this is a degree that's going to teach you how to think about things and really appreciate the world and arts and sciences. And isn't this wonderful? And, you know, then maybe... um. Maybe this wasn't a good idea for them to sign up for fifty thousand dollars a year just for that. Well, right, and that's you know- one of the
4: things that we found with the millennials when they came, when they popped out of schools during the Obama administration, and the economy was in the, was in the ground, mm-hmm. was that they expected that they were on an escalator, an automatic escalator, right, right into the middle class. So they came out and said, "Okay, there's me. I'm very special. I have a degree. Um, my self-esteem is very much intact. I would like my middle-class gig, please." And the gigs weren't there. Right. And they weren't going to take, like, entry-level jobs. That's, you know, do that. Work at a hotel and wash dishes or- dr- A Starbucks drive, or whatever. Th- th- or maybe a Starbucks because there's a special exception for- Starbucks. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to- No, no, no. I paid for college and I expect a good middle-class job right now. Right. right. And then you have employers, of course, who couldn't really hire people. Seeing these little snots come in- You know, saying, Mm -hmm. yes, I'd like to. You notice it says, um, what's the one? Because this is the one that I always see. What's the one with the orange? Syracuse. Oh, You see that I just finished up my time in Syracuse there. And uh, Mm -hmm. so when do I start? Get the freak out of here. No, thank you. I'll take the person who's been working at the grocery store for 20 years and just decided to get into media in the last two years, Mm -hmm. Uh, please. Yeah, but I
5: I read an interesting thread recently, too, that was making me think that was about how, um, you know, Colleges right now during the pandemic are also proving that they're um, kind of useless because, um, you know, they're in a lot of cases, you know, it's like people sending lists of assignments and Zoom lectures. So if all I really needed was to look up a YouTube video on like how something works or why it is that way and like read some online books and articles, then, you know, like maybe... The value of the four-year degree isn't what we thought it was, anyway. In the age of the internet,
4: all it is—you're right—it's—it's it's just the accreditation. Mm-hmm. You're a Harvard grad. There you go. You get into, hey, a boy, come on over here with us. We're the Harvard yeah. grads. You know, there's these different. Um, there's um, it's, it's there's
5: a, I mean, a fraternity a lot of these-
4: among among people mm-hmm. with similar like credentials,
5: and a lot of these colleges were. Um, you know talking about ways to ensure grading fairness during the pandemic too because you know you have people who just like fall off who don't show up at the zoom lectures or whatever when nothing's in person or they have to go take care of their parents restaurant and work for free there because the parents can't afford to hire any staff or whatever it might be I mean there were people that you know weren't able to finish their classes so I mean I, had a, I have a sibling who went to Brown and was talking to us about how um, they were trying to... First, they thought, like, let's just give everybody... Um, like, we'll make all the classes pass-fail so that it doesn't, like, impact people's GPAs. And then when they ultimately settled on was a lot of students wanted there to be an, um, an everybody-pass rule. <laughs> this is at Brown University. This is an elite college. This is a degree yeah. that opens doors for you. And... This is, you know, students saying no. We just need to all be allowed to pass, regardless of whether
4: we do anything at all.
5: Like, and the, and so if that doesn't tell you right there that it's just a paper, it's a paper diploma an employer, scheme.
4: Yes, when if I were an employer and I saw that you had the everybody pass version of the diploma, I would be okay. I'm going to assume you're one of the stupid ones, uh, and thanks anyway
0: redlining, which obstructed our family's abilities to build generational wealth. I grew up in a single uh, female parented household, and we had I had no choice. Um, and then I defaulted. Um, and again, we're five times more likely to default than our white counterparts. So uh, President Biden must cancel student debt by executive action. Uh, $50,000 will go a long way in a just recovery uh, from this pandemic.
5: See, the student loans will help people You know, forgiving the student loans will help people recover from the pandemic.
4: Right. right. So it's all about the pandemic. It's all about pandemic justice, climate justice, social justice, all these things. Recovery
5: justice, everything justice. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Vaccine
5: justice. Transportation justice. What other justices have we had? We've had a lot of justices already.
4: I'll tell you one thing. The Iana Presley Doctrine of Living Mm -hmm. is not one that favors somebody who's got extra obstacles in the way to su- on in the way to success. It does not. the The fact that she reels off so many reasons why the plight is impossible for folks who are disadvantaged uh, tells you that those those uh, reasons, those validations are top of mind mm-hmm. and something that she unsheathes at a moment's notice. And that is not, that isn't healthy. It's right. just not healthy. It you should, uh, I, I'll just say this, and, and mm-hmm. I don't want to, I understand, I'm not taking away anything from the plight of African Americans or other uh, folks who, be, because of race, religion, class, or, or whatever, have faced obstacles
2: Mm
4: -hmm. getting forward. At the end of the day, it's about hustling. And nobody, like you said, these, for most people out there, all of the trappings of the middle class are hard-fought gains Mm -hmm. and not easy. And there's nobody helping you, and there's people trying to pick you off the whole way up. The whole way up. And for you to be teaching anything else, that it's the entire system is against you. Well, maybe the system is against you, but either you throw in the towel because the system's against you, or you say F it
2: mm-hmm.
4: and just move forward. We can't, you can't, you will not be moved forward. You maybe move forward because somebody gives you a fake degree and takes care of some of your college debt, et cetera, Mm -hmm. but that is not the way to a fruitful life. It just simply is not. Tom's uh, life lessons. Mm -hmm. That is free of charge. Um, One other thing I wanted to get to, um, I I know we have a few things to get to, but um, the Merrick Garland, (laughs) (laughs) thank God this guy's not on the bench. Merrick Garland is having his confirmation hearings today, and he gets this is he's attorney general right mm-hmm. he's the chief law enforcement officer in the country next to the president some guess, might but say really, yes <laughs> that's a big law kind of job mm-hmm. justice kind of thing
1: do you believe that illegal entry at america's border should remain a crime well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with the concern about national security. He's thinking of it on the spot.
5: He's got to be the first person right. in Washington, D.C., who's never thought about whether or not illegal immigration should be the, illegal. The
4: questioner, I think Josh Hawley, should have actually walked back and say, OK, let's establish. Do you know that we are an autonomous country? In North America. Just get that. Do you know that there's a southern border <laughs> that we patrol to keep from being uh, infiltrated by people who do not have the right to be here? And that's based on kind of a civilizational history of what happens when you do not um, you know when you do not carefully um, you know um, filter the or you know or, or monitor or or facilitate the influences in the country immediately. You have got a northern border too, but the only people generally <laughs> coming from the north um, are th- there's Canada and the North Pole. I think so. The,
5: <laughs> they might be coming soon to get vaccines if Canada doesn't right. amp up their rollouts.
4: <laughs> but the fact that he's never thought of, i had never thought of something border. Just, I don't. I don't. You really. This is like asking me about the, you know, should we get rid of the designated hitter in baseball? This is kind of an out there question for an attorney general.
1: Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize, but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. Um, It, Will you continue to prosecute unlawful border crossings? Well, uh, this is, again, a a question of allocation of resources. Uh Prosecute explain. Um, um we will uh, uh, the, uh the department uh will uh, uh prevent unlawful um uh, crossing um i don't know i you know i i, I have to admit i just don't under, uh, know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done i think if um um i don't know what the current program even is with respect uh, to this um if they um so uh, I, I assume that the answer would be yes, but I don't. I don't know what the. To...
4: <laughs> have you just gotten out of ISIS captivity, where they've been beating you night and day? How is this guy broken? I don't know. No, just, I don't. Just don't ask me anything, please. I, I, I don't have the the bandwidth at the moment to try to put my wrap my arms around any of these things. This is insane. What is wrong with that guy?
5: It's really weird.
4: Jesus, I, I've never thought about it. I've, thank God he's not Justice Merrick Garland. Thank God he got screwed out of that one. Oh, my goodness. That is tough stuff. Now, the thing I learned today, Alice, this mm-hmm. is important. The thing I learned today was... Um, you know what? You know what, Alice? I'm calling an audible. Look at my hands. Mm-hmm. Although, um, you might not be able to do this right now because um, because uh, we are dealing with... with um, my son, Anson, who's uh four years old or five years old. Are you four or five? How many? You can talk. <laughs>
1: Good, okay. <laughs>
4: and how old is your brother? Two. He's two, okay. Mm-hmm. The two-year-old is the same two-year-old mm-hmm. who destroyed the hanging light mm-hmm. fixture.
5: The pendant light, yes.
4: Which was one of the things I thought was lovely about this house. Gone, mm-hmm. it's gone. Now it's dead, along with the, m- most of <sighs> the things that... Contain my uh, personal uh, memories. Yep. And then he uh, just butchered the tree downstairs, and now he's there playing a game because he has to play a game right next to mommy with the volume up
2: <laughs> because it's
4: crucial that that game be played while leaning on the, our dog, who's another. <laughs> we'll get into that tomorrow. <laughs> but that's okay. You know what else? You know what else? I've done this to myself. I've done this to myself. When I wake up okay. I'm actually stressed out now. I'm. Why
5: <laughs> no, don't now. let yourself get stressed <sighs> out? So.
4: I just want to get to give me let to get to the chorus. Something mm-hmm. love. We'll a new it. light. I'll
5: get you a new light, honey. Then
4: I like that light.
5: Maybe I can find one that's similar
4: or and the
2: same. Right
4: Unless you're my tree.
1: <laughs> just one look at you, and I know it's gonna
2: be ah, everything's da fine it's
4: fine da wiping da away the negativity alice wiping away the negativity you're just gonna sit here for a moment do what you need to do
5: um yeah so uh, there is another nominee of joe biden's upcoming um this is. Uh, is this
4: guy also petrified? And uh, <laughs> I don't know if, has he thought of anything beforehand?
5: I don't know if he's petrified, but this is a really interesting article I read. Um, this is from MedPage Today by um, Dr. Vinay Prasad, who's an, uh, an MD and a Master's of Public Health. Um, and he's writing about the Surgeon General nominee, Vivek Murthy. Okay. Um, and Vivek Murthy, uh, in the time since. Biden became the nominee in April, Mm -hmm. um, has been doing some pandemic consulting for big corporations. So, like, for example, he he got $400,000 from Carnival Cruise Lines to do pandemic consulting for them. He took $800,000 from Airbnb to do pandemic consulting from them.
4: Oh, he geez. took
5: six hundred thousand dollars that's not at all protection netflix.
4: money that is not at all protection money from for the incoming surgeon general who's uh, going to be standing right next to fauci that is absolutely on the up and up six
5: hundred thousand dollars from netflix for um pandemic consulting so they're going to want you know their film making exceptions and other can i stuff. get one
4: of these consulting gigs <laughs> any of the i will consult on anything to anybody <laughs>
5: You only get gigs like that if you're about to be made Surgeon General. Jesus. So, um... You know, I hope that this gets more attention. This was also reported in the Washington Post. Altogether, it's $2.6 million in pandemic consulting fees just in 2020. Nothing
4: Beltway Swamp about that whatsoever. I mean,
5: I hope that this comes up. This seems like a pretty big conflict of interest, and I'm interested to see if that goes (laughs) anywhere because I'm kind of shocked that that was allowed to get that far, and I hope that people press Saki and other people on this because... It's
4: uh Oh, she, she's going to be that's... forthright about the answer, definitely. <laughs> but
5: that's, well, I... well, what is his name again? Vivek Murthy.
4: Okay, where is he from?
5: America.
4: Okay, wh- of what descent is he?
5: I believe he's South Asian.
4: Okay, well, that is the okay. answer you're getting from Jen Psaki when you ask about all this money.
5: Okay, well, uh, that's great. Vinay Prasad, who wrote who this Garland. article, is also South Asian. With a
1: concern so. about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize, but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. Um, (laughs) It, Will you continue to prosecute unlawful border crossings? The answer is yes, Merrick. Well, uh, this is, again, a a question of allocation of resources. Will Um, you allocate um, the resources to prosecute uh, border uh, crossings legally? The department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know. I, you know yeah, I, can I, we get a medic? I, uh, I, I believe Mr. Garland is having a stroke. Exactly what
4: the- okay, so Vivek Murphy is making uh, $800,000 for-, for doing a Zoom chat about the coronavirus. Excellent. That's good to see that from everybody's... People,
5: from people who... Can Tom Shattuck
4: get rich on <laughs> any of these things that
5: ever happen? Are you about to be made Surgeon General by anybody? Jesus. Because, um, anyway, and, you know, the... The Whole like diversity training gig, you could get into that maybe. <laughs> I mean, Robin D'Angelo, who's the uh, white fragility person, she's white, so maybe oh. you could get into oh, yeah. doing race training or something. Not,
4: that's right, I can do These it as like, a, as like a Lincoln Project thing mm-hmm. to say, I used to be a bad guy, and now I've yeah, come.
5: yeah. So maybe you could do some of this. So, um because it's not just little companies anymore big companies are now paying for this for you know it's not just bon appetit magazine that's gone woke coca cola did a training this week um and this was on linkedin learning that they did this whole thing this was from robin d'angelo who's white so you could totally get in mm-hmm. on this you could talk about how you're a fat bodied person mm-hmm. and like you know straight bodied people have advantages or whatever this is actually what, what fat act- straight bodied <laughs> that's what they call skinny people Look, is that true that's what fat activists call skinny people is straight bodied people <laughs>
4: I like that. I'm going to learn all of that. I need so to... Maybe you the... can
5: become a fat activist trainer, That's, diversity trainer. I'm, I'm going to write the
4: 1973 project.
5: Okay. <laughs> so um, so the Coca-Cola one is was about uh, confronting racism, understanding what it means to be white, mm. and challenging what it means to be racist. To be less white is to be less oppressive, less arrogant, less certain, <laughs> less defensive, less ignorant... Be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, and break with white solidarity. In the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. This is not, I did not say that that's not me saying it's better to be white that's Robin DiAngelo saying that so, so when you
4: homeschool kids Alice are you saying you haven't had the it's better to be I mean white I th-
5: think they're really behind on their <laughs> it's better to be white training because they're all uh three or four and they're not I have not taught them that so I don't know so and then it ends on the slide try to be less white
4: that's fantastic
5: <laughs> so that's that's what coca-cola which has uh, quite a few employees I would venture to guess. Uh, is training their employees to do um, and then you have um...
4: you know there is nothing more uniting than categorically stating mm-hmm. as fact that a skin color, a race of people, a skin mm-hmm. color is a pernicious harmful, damaging, threatening um and uh, and in creating these different uh demonstrative, exercises to go to to affirm your guilt
5: Mm -hmm. so um and then the the city of san diego is having is training their healthcare workers also on how not to use racially coded language so um they say that this is coded language for racism it injects language that triggers racial stereotypes and other negative associations without the stigma of explicit racism and it fosters anxiety among and dehumanizes bipoc So among the things they say that you shouldn't say are don't play the race card, because what that really means is since racism isn't happening to you, it's not real. And don't say, I know it's sad, but these riots are appalling, because what you really mean when you say that is that it doesn't matter if the rule of law has failed a significant portion of the population and they just need to remain docile. That's what you mean when you say that riots are bad. So uh,
4: well, that's but, the
5: diversity training of the city of San Diego. If you're a healthcare worker, but the worker, riots are
4: happening in in uh, marginalized neighborhoods, so it's
5: no, you're not allowed. If you work for the city of San Diego as a healthcare worker, you're not allowed to say that rioting good. is bad. So that's not that's that's racially coded language in that dehumanizes people, Tom. That dehumanizes people just like Nazis. If you say riots are bad, so I think you should think about that.
4: In in a um. In a related, in a not, in a related, no, in related in the sense that it's also idiotic that you saw that the AP wants to change the, or is changing its style, um, rules around committing suicide. You can't commit suicide because it makes You
5: die by suicide.
4: Right, because committing makes it act like a a criminal offense. You committed Mm -hmm. a murder, committed a suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing that uh, dead suiciders need on their conscience is um, to be accused of committing suicide.
5: Yeah, I don't know. But uh, there is good news in the world. Don't uh, ever say that it's all negativity because congratulations are due to rapper Azalea Banks. Oh. Are you familiar with Azalea? Uh
4: Did she hang out with Joe Biden, too? Or is that just Cardi B?
5: Uh, no, I don't think so. But... Uh, Azalea Banks has gotten engaged. Very nice. She said yes. Her engagement ring features a menorah. And she says, Ryder Rips and I are engaged. So he's Jewish. This is his family heirloom ring. And she says, I said yes. Ryder Rips and I are engaged. I'm a Jew now.
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) maybe she's converted. I I think that's great. She can change Uh, her name to Israelia Banks.
5: So, um... So then she got some pushback for this um, in her Instagram Because that's not how it works. (laughs) Generally not. I mean, I'm sure the Jewish community would absolutely welcome her, but you do need to actually go through a conversion process, actually. Um, So she says, uh, Jews aren't colonizers. Only Christians and Arabs colonize. And then um, somebody in the comments says, I don't know how no one mentions how disrespectful this is here in the comments. My religion is not your jewelry. And she says... My struggle is not your entertainment. You love black music that says N-word, but mad that my fiancé gave me the family heirloom. B, I'm making shakshuka, challah, cornbread, black Israelite salad, and matzah fried chicken tomorrow. You can't stop me. I'm a juicy diva now. Mm, Spelled J-E-W-C-Y. Juicy diva.
4: Oh, who was that who said, Alice, who said... Um, that they were imba- oh oberman oberman's tweet they talked about that that he had the <clears throat> he was ashamed of his Russian heritage or something he said something i have the like the scum the stain of being of Russian heritage today He said something i don't know these uh, are all everybody is so, freaking crazy so but she wasn't
5: out. done she wasn't done uh just in case you thought she was <clears throat> done throwing the word jew around in a weird mm-hmm. uncomfortable way uh, another instagram commenter asked. What are you going to name your Jew newborn? I just know you're pregnant. And she replied, Isaac David Goldsteinstein Bergschwitz. So that seems I think she's totally got her finger on the pulse of the Jewish community, <laughs> and that's totally fine. Um That's okay, but congratulations to her. Yeah, Is I don't that- even know the
4: rules on canceling for that. <laughs> no. uh, she's proud. And I mean uses uh, you know, starkly naked. Vicious stereotypes. Not vicious stereotypes. Just,
5: <laughs> I mean, I'd, I don't know. Cartoonish
4: stereotypes? I don't know.
5: I don't know what the rules are on that. <laughs> but uh, I invite her to enjoy her Monsa chicken with her fiance. I wish them all the Is happiness he asleep, in the this world. Uh, he might be getting there. I'm not that sure. That would be why. good. Um. Yeah, I've been putting him to bed at 6 o'clock.
4: Yeah, we should talk about that tomorrow, as a matter of fact. So, are you oh. done, or can I add one thing? Because I wanted to tell people the good news, the one thing I learned today.
5: Okay, I'm ready to hear the one thing you learned today.
4: So, we got, I went to, during, all the kids were on their break from their class, their mother's class. I went to the grocery store around here, which is called Market Basket. Yeah. I got a big vat, not a vat, I got a big jar of Pickles. Yes. And <laughs> when you were in the other room... Okay. <laughs> I said to them, said to the kids... I'm sure the pickles now are thrown all over the house. They're and- not.
5: I put them away. <clears throat>
4: <clears throat> so... Oh, actually, yeah. The main offender's right there. So, we'll- um, so I was talking to Sally and I said... My daughter, 10 years old, said, you know what's interesting? Is this glass pickle jar is a lot of glass. It was a big jar. It's like 20 pickles in there. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of glass and then a big metal top. And I said, this probably is jarred. And it's one of the few things that has almost never changed exactly like it was 100 years ago. Everything else, you know, glass bottles of Coke are now plastic bottles. And almost everything else packaging-wise is Mm -hmm. totally different.
5: I mean, I think you're gonna see more switches back to glass with like the greening of companies. I mean, a lot of people went back to like glass baby bottles and stuff. So, and I
4: thought, and I thought, like, why has the packaging of pickles never changed? Why are we still doing it like this? And so I looked it up. Mm -hmm. So why are pickle jars now the same as they were? Mm -hmm. And so, do you know why pickle bar jars are? Big glass jars now, like they've always been.
5: Um, I'm going to guess that like, to brine them in there, you need like a very inert material or something. Don't you
4: use that word. How did you know? Were you there when I found you inert? No. <laughs> because glass is inert.
5: I do some canning. That's why I know that.
4: Yes, glass is inert. Okay. So the chemicals of mm-hmm. vinegar and sugar or whatever... Won't react to glass the same way chemicals are put in glass beakers and vials. Yeah, that's why because they can't be messed with by the mm-hmm. chemicals. That's why they still use them. You stole that? Did you hear me saying that? No, today?
5: I didn't. That's just, that was just my guess. Off well, the top I of learned my head. that
4: today. Inert. Hm. Inert means it can't be messed with by chemicals. Yep. So there you go. That was the one positive.
5: After you go to bed, you're inert <laughs> because you have inertia.
4: Really. Inertia. Yeah. What does that mean? Is that inertia movement?
5: is the yeah it's movement but it's the same being inert means like lacking what never mind but it's yes they're the same it's a root same root word inertia something that's inert has the property of inertia but that one is chemistry and one's physics in chemistry generally you use inert and in physics you use inertia but they're they're the same root word.
4: I feel like Merrick Garland right now okay. talking about the border.
5: <sighs> so, this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. You, can... you need to
4: send me the audio, of course. Remember, I will send because you the audio. Uh, it just couldn't be that I could remember I to do I'll the audio you... myself when I blame that child next to you for that.
5: Okay, I'll send you the audio. Um, but this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at burnbarrelpod, barrel burnbarrelpodcast. You can uh, check out our YouTube channel. You can subscribe over there, like the videos, um, leave some comments, talk to us, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you need to get in touch, you can always send an email to burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com.